This is the Education Business Podcast for consultants and business owners providing services in schools. I'm Claire Riley, and I'll be sharing how to start, grow, and scale your education business. So today we're talking about one of my favourite topics, personal brand, and why it's so important in education. And the reason why it's one of my favourite topics is because I've really had to learn the hard way uh, so much with this, and I feel like there's a lot I could share. So when we think of personal brand, it's really easy for us to just think of a couple of Instagrammers unboxing risque products and decide that's not for us in education, and that building a personal brand doesn't work for us. But what is personal brand? Well, it's building a reputation in what you want to be known for. Now, I've done a lot of work on building my personal brand over the last four years since uh, breaking point in 2017. And I know that what I'm building is successful because people feel like they know me. People that I've never met before message me on social media like the message in a friend. So they know context about me. They know uh, some of the things I've achieved. They also know some of the more difficult things and they reach out to me and they already know me and I generally have no idea who they are. And I know that I've got a lot more to do in this area, especially as I now move into the business space as well as the education space. And this means I can start sharing more of my story, which I'm doing with you, because that's what my audience cares about, my new audience. I thought it'd be helpful to just share uh, a little bit of a story, um, my story when I came to the realisation that I needed to brand myself personally. So I really fought against it, if I'm honest. In 2017, when my battle with it was at its strongest, there were so many reasons that I could have given you why I didn't need to build my personal brand. And these were some of them. I had a one-year-old. I wasn't confident. I wasn't an expert in anything to do with education. I wasn't a teacher anymore. My customers weren't interested. I was in education and therefore things for me were different. It was unprofessional. A big competitor wasn't doing it, so why should I? And I didn't have the time to commit. I didn't even know what I would say. I already felt inadequate and I didn't want to confirm those inadequacies to people around me who I knew thought that I couldn't build this business. I wanted the corporate feel, especially in the early days. You know, my confidence was so low from teaching, it was just a mask to hide behind. When I started Classroom Secrets in 2013, I was so desperate to work from home and I wasn't 100% sure why, but I realised afterwards it wasn't because I wanted to get up late and pretend that I was working when actually I wasn't, as a lot of people in 2013 in my life assumed was the case, but it was just so that I could hide away and not have to talk to anyone. So a big part of my personal brand story was when I started to do Facebook Lives in 2013. And I know that there's lots of platforms you can do lives on now, but back then it was Facebook. And had I started to build a personal brand before then? Well, yes, I had. Of course, we all build a personal brand whether we realise we are or not. Um, you know, I'd shared a few messages from the heart when things went wrong on social media. I'd shown myself in messages that came through to customer service and it had got me some understanding, but people didn't really know who I was. And it's a bit like that old saying about, you know, if you, if you only connect with people in the bad times and they won't understand you, but if you connect with them throughout the good, they'll be there for you in the bad times because they know who you are. So why did I start focusing then on my personal brand? Well, do you know, the business was at such a low point. 
and I'll be talking about this again in other podcast episodes to come. But it was 2017. I had a young child. Um, at the beginning of 2017, she wasn't yet one. I'd employed another two full-timers into the company, which was a lot really because that took us to eight employees. So two might not seem a lot when you've got 56 employees, but it is when you've only got six. And we'd had the terrible launch of this new level of subscription in the Easter and it was August now. And I was just get I felt like I was just getting it all wrong all the time. And I wasn't sure that we were going to make it over the summer or how I was going to pay the wages because August sales, as you can imagine, aren't always that great depending on how it falls. So I thought that getting more people to create resources was the answer. And it was part of the answer, but I missed the marketing bit out. And personal branding was the marketing that I should have been doing. And it might have been part of it, but I missed the marketing bit out. So I've been listening to some business books and following some people in business on social media, and they were always talking about personal brand. So I knew that it was the thing I needed to look look at, but nobody ever talked about it in education, did they? Nobody ever talked about it in the education sector, and I had to fill in the blanks. So I'm hoping that this is where I can really help you. So I'd seen that a few others in the education space were starting to do Facebook Lives, even if it was just for fun. And eventually I decided I need to do them as well. And I'd been pondering it for a few days and I didn't tell anyone, it was in the school holidays. I planned out what I was gonna say and I just did it. I didn't even tell the team, which was a big surprise for them. And the hardest thing was actually figuring out what face I would present to them. You know, would it be funny? Would it be business-like? It definitely wasn't gonna be educational expert because that was not a field that I felt that I was ever gonna be skilled in or wanted to be skilled in. But what I did was I went for relatable. I wanted to be relatable to teachers even though I wasn't a teacher anymore. I felt like that was important to me. So that summer then, I actually did four things that turned the business around and Facebook Lives were one of those things. Personal branding, basically. And I didn't just tell my story on those lives. I started weaving it into the social media posts too. It wasn't major things. It was just a very small snippet of my life. And later on that year, I started sending regular weekly emails. And I bet you're surprised that it took me that long to do it. And yeah, but I didn't want to bother people. But I did tell my story in those weekly emails as well. And the funny thing about that is that often in the Facebook groups, sometimes uh, people complain in a friendly way about resource companies sending emails on a Sunday. But lots of times people stick up for me and they go, oh, but Claire from Classroom Secrets is really nice. And I believe that there's a reason for that. And I think it's because I'm showing them who I am and I'm being vulnerable. And it's not just about getting them to try and download the latest resources. So I'm sure you've taken a lot from that story. That's the point why I realized that I needed to focus more on my personal brand. Facebook Lives are a big part of that. It's not everything, but it is a good way to get yourself out there and for people to really understand who you are. So here are my five reasons then why, why personal brand is important in education. So the first one is that people buy from people. So there's a reason why influencer marketing and affiliate marketing work so well. Because you feel like you're buying from somebody that you know. So you don't have to worry about being ripped off because in your head, they're already your friend. And that's why true recommendations in Facebook groups are so valuable 
that have not been bribed or orchestrated, by the way, because obviously I don't believe in that because it's at odds with my highest value, which is integrity. But this is where the word of mouth wave comes in. And that's what you're trying to create when it comes to selling to schools, the word of mouth wave. So number two, it makes you relatable. So in education, there are so many big wigs making decisions for teachers who are so unrelatable and teachers just see them as the enemy. So you need to position yourself as opposite to that. Make them feel like you've got the back. Tell them that you understand how they feel about said bigwigs in the right way, of course. So getting really political could obviously damage your business. So I don't recommend that. But tell your story that life outside teaching isn't plain sailing either and that you still learn lessons every day. So they might be feeling inadequate due to all the judgment going on. So they need to know that you're not a perfect expert either. And be sensitive to what you share. Make sure that there's a good balance. So the last thing they want to see is you living this wonderful life with a perfect life-work balance, trying to sell them something when they can't achieve that. So I usually try and match their rhythm as well, which works for me because I've got young children. So I talk about the holidays and relaxing in the school holidays. And, you know, you can weave it in, but don't make your whole term time life about something that's unachievable for the teacher, for example. So the third thing then, is that people don't really have time to explore these days. So why should they commit to looking your stuff up? So often education products require some exploring and it's hard to get a really concise overview. It's not usually like buying a packet of biscuits at the supermarket that's just low risk and worth trying. It, it can require a bit more research to work out if it's worth the investment in time as well as money, even if it's cheap. So it could be a low price product, but need time to understand how to use it. And people just don't have the time to do this anymore. So knowing someone who you can talk to about it passively can really speed this process up. Even if that's you passively talking about your own product. So they can come to it already and already have some understanding based on what you've been saying to them. So they don't feel like they have to have an in-depth look with the true recommendation, which seems weird because that recommendation is coming from you, because they've already got a really good idea about what it is. But they're building a relationship with you. You're not building a relationship with them necessarily, but they're building a relationship with you because of what you're saying to them. So I don't know about you, but I've got no patience when I land on a site if it's complicated, I just leave. Number four, people are looking for a helpful friend. So are you known as a helpful person on social media, especially in the Facebook teaching groups? Are you willing to give advice in a specific area if it's something that you know about? Because this is all part of building your personal brand. It's not about people getting something for nothing. And I feel like there can be a real fear of giving content away for free. And honestly, I've had a number of people protest to me in very unhelpful ways against giving a tip here and there or even giving ideas on the teacher's podcast. And I just step back and allow them to do uh, say what they need to say and do what they feel is best, because it's not my business, literally. <laughs> but I just observe from a distance whether their businesses grow, and I've seen that they don't really. So if you can't build your brand by being helpful, then you've got no platform to show your knowledge before somebody buys. So why are they going to buy from you? 
So unless, of course, you've already built your word of mouth with, then it's different. But if you want to create multiple new waves across the sector, then you're going to have to become that helpful friend. So just as a note on this in terms of making it work for you, I think it is important to set boundaries and it's something that I'm learning for myself. So if you don't want loads of people messaging you for free advice all the time, then you need to know what you will and won't say and when to encourage them to buy what you're offering. So for example, I've been giving free calls since February, which I've absolutely loved. And it's really helped me understand the specific content for this podcast. And I've got to know people in the education sector um, and the business education business space. And I've really, really enjoyed it. And I know I've helped people reset the thinking and set them off on a new path. But I did have one call that I felt was a Spanish Inquisition. There were just a million questions and I felt it was very uncomfortable. And had I have had my mentoring in place then, then I would have directed them to the mentoring. But I also know that I'll have repeat callers, which is absolutely fine to catch me up on the journey because that's what I'd like. But if it's to get free mentoring every month for 20 minutes, then I'll have to direct them to the podcast or to my mentoring program. So you just need to be really clear about what it is you will do for free and what you want. But you do need to have some parameters so that you can be this helpful friend because you need to be able to show the value that you can offer. So for me, listening to my experience on a podcast is a wonderful help, but it's not the same as having the opportunity to clue me up on all the ins and outs of your business and talk through the growth plans in detail. That's a very different thing. And number five, you've got to consistently build your following. So you've got to be continually building that following of people. It's not a fan club. It's just connecting with the people that you can help. So you need to build this following so you have this platform already. Everything you do in this space in the future will be easier if you start building the following now. So Education Business Club is so much easier because I've built a following with Classroom Secrets. And I also started connecting with other resource businesses some years ago. And I started a teacher's podcast, which has also helped. I'm building my audience, building my network. So it's important not to make enemies or you'll be the odd one out there on your own. So we support each other and what a great environment to grow your business in. So I hope this has been helpful today and that you'll take action to develop your personal brand, whether that's to start to build it or build on what you've already done. And a great way to get started on this is to actually join Clubhouse and join in with some of my rooms. So you can find all the weekly rooms. There's one every day in the week listed at classroomsecrets.co.uk forward slash club. And just before you go, I just wanted to let you know that I am opening up a limited number of one-to-one mentoring slots for the new academic year. So the sessions are going to run from September 2021 to July 2022. And at the moment, I'm just collating a list of people who could be interested. So if you want to get on that list and find out more information when I open the slots up, then just go to educationbusinessclub.co.uk forward slash mentoring2021 and you will find that link in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Education Business Podcast. To get more information to grow your business, sign up at educationbusinessclub.co.uk.